This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. This is January 23rd, so wow, we're almost done January. And a lot of people choose January to, after imbibing and celebrating the holidays and probably going to one too many office parties, a lot of people say, you know what, in January... I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to be dry for January. And so here it is, three weeks in. Um, Once again, if you are one of those people who decided to go dry in January, how's it going? You can always uh, share your stories with us. But then you know what? There's a whole other group of people where alcohol, it's not so much, well, yeah, you could argue it's a choice, but it's an addiction. And so those people, it might not be as easy for them to say, yeah, I think I'll just go dry in January and then I'll go back to my responsible drinking in February. Alcoholism is a huge condition for a lot of people that they they can't break and that they have tried time and time again. They've been given the ultimatum of it's either the bottle or the family. And in a lot of cases, they choose the bottle. So, you know, and I know... If you listen long enough, you know that Wednesdays is Wine Wednesday, and you're probably saying, "And you're such a hypocrite. You're talking about, you know, dry January and people who have problems with alcohol, and yet here you promote it on Wednesdays. Well, I do enjoy a glass of wine, and I'm fortunate that I can enjoy a glass of wine and not worry about another glass of wine for a week, uh, a few days, or the next week till the next Wine Wednesday. But I also have had close relatives and family members who have struggled with alcohol. So I thought we could use this hour to talk about maybe share stories on how you have had to give up alcohol, how you have done it. It's like smoking. It's not something that people always give up and then they're good for the rest of their lives. You know, a lot of people have to take several shots at it. So I want to combine a couple of topics here. I want to talk about the dry dry January, rather, and also just that addiction to alcoholism and how difficult it is. And you know what? I thought I'd start the conversation off with Constantine Clemos, volunteer event coordinator with Dry January Canada. Constantine, are you there? Uh, I am here. I am here. Good. Thank you for having me. I was just hearing bells in the background, so I wasn't sure uh, if you were... I was just getting into my building. <laughs> okay, as long as you're nice and comfortable, because you... Uh, first of all, are you with CMHA? Uh, C-A-M-H. Uh, CAMH. Yes, it's, sorry. Uh, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, and I am not. Uh, I, um, I actually did a volunteer event, uh, Sober October, uh, since I've got, you know, web, program, web programming experience, mm-hmm. uh, build a website out, uh, had a couple of friends and I, that we had a challenge to go sober in October after an entire summer of obviously, I like how you use the term imbibing, but, yes. uh, probably being a little bit, uh, uh, you know, just consuming too much. And we were really successful with that event. We ended up raising a little bit over $100,000 for charity. And um, we decided to kind of just try the game for dry January. And uh, there's um, a foundation in Toronto called CAMH, and it's just a great charity. Um, they do great work. And we just decided that that would be the beneficiary charity. So 100% of the, the money that we uh, receive from this event um, goes to CAMH and uh, help with their programs. All right, so Sober October, what a great idea. And you said that was just something you started with some friends and it grew from there? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? It really, I think a lot of people, and I, I heard you kind of talking about, you know, the two uh, uh, I guess sides of the spectrum, which is, you know, the majority of people I think would fall in under the, uh, you know, I drink too much. I, I, you know, probably gained 10 pounds over the holidays. Uh, you're going to make bad food choices when you've had a few too many drinks. And just, you know, giving yourself a time to reset. Um, and when you look at the calendar year, January is really kind of uh, the most popular month. And it's not always like, okay, this year I'm not going to drink at all. Or, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be that extreme. It's just giving yourself a, a chance to have a little bit of mental clarity to best be able to decide, you know, what are the best next steps? What's best for you? Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to save a ton of cash and you're going to probably drop a couple pounds. And, you know, you're helping a, an amazing charity while doing it. So, uh, so Constantine, kind of- get the, the charity component in there. So I've chosen to be dry in January. I haven't, by the way. I'm just setting this up. So <laughs> how, how do you go about then raising money for the Center for Addiction and Mental Health? Okay, so uh, if you go to uh, dryjanuary.ca, uh, you can just give to the event. Uh, if you have family and friends that are participating, you can just, or if you feel like participating for the last week, you would simply go and create a profile, and then people can give to your page. You'll get a tax receipt from the foundation directly. Um, so that's how you do it. You go to dryjanuary.ca, and you click the Donate button. Now, this is your first Dry January after you had the Sober October? Uh, no, I did it last year as well. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we built into the site, which because, you know, there's always something that there, there'll be something that's important that, that pops up in the months. So we created the idea of a hall pass, which is, um, you know, if you need to take a 24 hour period from your commitment, um, you can buy a hall pass. And obviously, that's a donation that goes straight to the charity. Uh, we made it for 20 bucks, And actually, in retrospect, we probably should have made it for about $50 because it's a pretty popular uh, <laughs> little out. But um, what it does is it gets you 24 hours off of your uh, drinking uh, requirements. And mm. uh, my best friend just celebrated his 40th birthday. So I've had one day that I, uh, I had drinks on and I bought my hall pass. Your so. hall pass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, well, I'm curious because if you had it already last January and this January, I just was wondering if you've seen a huge increase in awareness for the charity and then obviously that's going to help um, Cam C-A-M-H Cam H the first year we did it for Cam H so last year um, because uh, Sober October we had done that event for the Canadian Cancer Society and really had given them ownership over Sober October and uh, when Sober October was done we were just like, we need dry January, like in December, <laughs> like even in early December. Yeah. So just contacted uh, uh, the CCS Canadian Cash Society and just said, hey, well, we're just going to replicate uh, the code from uh, Sober October. Here you go. It's yours uh, to just kind of deal with and, and, you know, promote. So we weren't really involved with the event last year. And then um, like this year that we're in right now, um, they, they decided they didn't want to do dry January. So we're left with it and we're like, okay, should we do it? Should we not do it? Um, and then one of my uh, really good friends mentioned Cam H as a beneficiary. So we just called them up and said, hey, we're doing this event. Do you guys want all the proceeds? And they said yes. And <laughs> we find ourselves here today. Well, that is so great, Constantine. And uh, thanks for just starting the conversation on the whole idea of Jan- a dry January. And good luck, my all pleasure. right? My pleasure.
Thanks, Constantine Klamos. He is the volunteer event coordinator with DryJanuaryCanada.com and uh, my confusion with the CAMH, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, is because that's where the money is going to. And, you know, you can obviously do Dry January and support a charity that uh, Constantine has come up with or you can just do Dry January on your own or you don't have to do it at all. But after the break, I want to talk about the the alcohol addiction. For a lot of people, it isn't a choice of saying, well, eh, sure, I'll take January off and then I'll go back to maybe a couple of drinks a week. You know, some people, it's not that easy. I'm Angela Coca. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Back after this. I am loving the stories about Yukon, and I will share those through uh, the afternoon from 4 to 6.30. So continue to send me your Yukon stories. And, um, yeah, I'm getting people saying, isn't it the Yukon? So that, that was the conversation that I found a lot of people in Whitehorse and Carcross would have with us. But for the next 45 minutes, I, I want to talk about addiction to alcohol. And only because this is January 23rd, and I I know of a lot of people who say, oh, I do ja- dry January. I don't drink at all in January. So I'm, I'm curious how that's going for you, if you are one of those people. But then I thought, you know what, there are a lot of people who are saying, I've got to quit for good. I This is not the lifestyle I need. This is uh, an addiction that I can't seem to break. And so I thought we should turn to Dennis Long. He's Executive Director, Breakaway Addiction Services. He joins us today. Hello, Dennis. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Would you agree, a, a lot of people, it's not a choice to be able to say, sure, I'll do dry January. They are really struggling with their addiction to alcohol. Oh, yeah, that's true. And in Canada, the addiction rate to alcohol or the dependency rate, which is probably more accurate, is about uh, 7% of the adult population. So it's not a small problem. A lot of people struggle um, with um, the consumption of alcohol and they can't stop. How do you go about advising them to stop? Because I'm, I'm sure it's different for everyone. And I, I said in my opening remarks, just like smoking, a lot of people try to quit smoking and are successful for short periods of time and go back to it. So does it just depend on the person and what is going to be successful for them? Yeah, to a certain extent, that's true. I mean, people need to um, figure out what they want. Um, and first off, I guess we have to determine whether or not they truly are dependent, mm. and that's, um, you know, generally the rule um, is that if you're drinking, um, A, if you can't stop when you want to, um, and it's causing um, serious problems for you in your life, um, in your relationships, in your work, and and, uh, and so on, then you probably have a problem. Um, and that's irregardless to a certain extent of how much you're drinking. So it isn't really just based on, you know, I, well, I drink way too much. Um, it is not necessarily the marker. It's can you stop? Um, is it causing so many problems that you still keep on doing it and can't stop? That's what you're trying to determine. And then I think what you need, what we need to do, in, in most cases that's what we do here, is sit down with the individual and say, okay, um, you've got this problem. How do you want to approach um, getting get, resolving the problem and for some people that's I need to stop I not I don't want to do this anymore and um, that's called abstinence and it's a way of, of moving away from it and saying okay I'm not going to do that anymore it's difficult it's hard um, and most people who take that route 
experience a number of uh, slips and, and relapses that they need to learn how to manage. Um, and it will take a matter of months, if not years, to uh, resolve it. Some other people say, well, look, you know what, um, I know it's a problem. I know I, I'm, I'm really struggling with this, but I don't want to stop. So what are the other options for them? And for those people, we would look at a way of, of setting out a, uh, a regimen of um, you know, drinking at a normal level, um, so-called normal level, yeah. um, that would allow them to maintain, um, uh, to get their life back, really. Um, and that is doable for some people. But again, it's sort of, um, as with the other route, um, it takes time and it takes a lot of effort, um, and people need to be encouraged to keep trying even though they fail and, or, or, you know, temporarily fail. And, and that does happen. It's almost inevitable. So if I decide I want to be sober and I don't want to drink again, chances are pretty good I'll have a slip at one point or another. And how, you ha- how they handle that and get assistance with handling that is often the key to recovery. So okay, so I drank, I didn't want to drink, but, you know, it just happened, and uh, okay, so then the counselor would sit down with this individual and say, what happened? If that circumstance comes up again, how do we do with it differently? And really works with them to try to find strategies to do that. It's, you I mean, the thing about um, alcohol dependency is you can recover from it, absolutely, but it ain't easy. It's not an overnight cure. Um, it, you know, you, you often read in the media or hear in the media about certain celebrities going off. They go off for three months for rehab and they come back and they're fine. Um, that's largely not true. Mm. Um, you know, most people have struggled with this problem for years. Um, and um, it's a daily effort for a lot of people to maintain some control on their consumption. Dennis, is it a disease? No. Yeah. The simple answer is it, it, it isn't. You know that's controversial, and I'm only throwing it out there because I know some people will say, well, this isn't a disease, oh, I can't even say a disease, but uh, it's it's your choice. You either drink or you don't drink. Well, you know, I mean, it's. Not, I wish it was as simple as that. It, it clearly isn't a disease in a medical sense because nobody's been able to figure out how you catch it and how you, hmm. you know, how it's, how, you know, even why people get it is, well, some people get it and some people don't, you know. I mean, the vast majority of people in Canada, about 80%, drink alcohol. Um, only about seven, you know, seven percent of the population have a problem with alcohol. So obviously, for some people, this never raises its head as an issue. Right. But for some people, it does, and we don't know. To be honest with you, we we really don't know why for um, Joe it's a problem, and for Sam it's not. Um, but what we do know um, in this case is that um, it is a condition. It's chronic. It um, it has a tendency to relapse. Um, we know that, um, and so we have to treat it as that, as a, as a condition, um, as yet undefined, but that um, it can be treated and it can be treated effectively, and, uh, but it is prone to relapse. Um, what about uh, genetics? Because you'll often hear that my father was an alcoholic and I'm an alcoholic. Well, that's, again, you know... Still the science? The questions you're asking are, are, are you know are not simple. Um, There is evidence in the scientific literature that there is some um, genetic component to people who have an alcohol um, dependency problem, but it is infinitesimally small compared with other other issues. Um, It doesn't explain the number of people who have this kind of a problem. 
And the other thing is it's confounded. Unless you can do very, very sophisticated studies where you look at people with more or less the basic same genetic um, backgrounds and, and they are raised separately and, and so on, um, after that it becomes complicated because if I lived in an alcoholic home, there are a whole bunch of things that would impinge on me about learning learned behaviors that will come out of that environment. Right, as opposed to just the genetics, exactly. so to speak. And Dennis, I, sorry, I didn't mean to stray that way, and you're not a researcher <laughs> in that. I, I want to go back to uh, just sort of that support that people need, because you hear that, that, you know, whether it be Alcoholics Anonymous, the, the importance of that support, would that be one of the keys to being able to adapt to a new lifestyle without that dependency on alcohol. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are a number of ways to go about resolving this problem. AA is one, um, going to um, an outpatient treatment facility, other kinds of things is, is another way. Um, all of them can be effective, um, and none, none, none is better than the other. And you know, mm-hmm. I hear a lot of debate, you know, most people, well, you should go to this or you shouldn't do that. Um, the fact is, find a place that's comfortable. Find a place that will provide you with ongoing support in whatever way that is comfortable for you, because that's the key. Um, quitting is, or, or, or reducing is, in and of itself, not that difficult. It's how do you stay there yeah. over a long period of time, and what kind of support can you get when you, um, when you need it, when, you know, you know that sort of uh, 4 o'clock in the morning experience of, oh, my God, I, I, you know, I, can't, I don't know if I can do this. And where can I go get some help? And if that's that's what people need on an ongoing basis is friends and professionals who will help them um, on a very difficult road. And when you say friends, sometimes you have to give up your friends too. Sometimes you do. I mean, you know, sometimes when I'm, I, I teach um, uh, classes at this uh, in this um, on a regular basis, and one of the things I tell my students is, you know, when we're working with these clients, you have to sort of think about it as, one day, um, if you decide to make this kind of change, particularly given you know people with a long history of, of abuse, um, alcohol abuse, it's sort of like you got to get up one morning and say, all my friends are gone, um, and all my recreational activities are now gone, yeah. and I'm going to mm-hmm. have to do this all over again, rebuild everything over again, like I just moved from um, you know Toronto to Moose Jaw. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know anybody. I don't even know anything. And I got to start again. Starting square um, one. Dennis, I'm out of time, but I sure appreciate your insight on this. I really appreciate being here. It's, it's fabulous. Thank Great. you. Great. Dennis Long, he's executive director of Breakaway Addiction Services. And now I want to turn it over to you, 403-974-8255. If you can call and share your story of maybe what worked for you, what didn't work for you, I'm getting a number of texts as well. I, I want to help some people out through maybe the dry January and for some people who want to stay dry year-round. I'm Angela Kokai. You're listening to Calgary Today on Newstalk 770. Calgary Today with Angela Kokot, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.